Okay, let's get the show going. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. We're back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Into the Mash, episode 35. 35. Yeah. Okay. And we're doing 35. Now, we actually did a brew last 2.0. week, and we didn't uh, didn't bother any with the recording. Uh, I figured we did a podcast without brewing. We can do a brew without a podcast. There you yeah, go. It works out. There you go. So, but we did actually uh, get some stuff done. Uh, we we did our um, jazz in your pints cream ale. <laughs> Not exactly a smooth brew, though. <clears throat> it's uh, a little more cooked than we had planned. Well, it, we we had to rebalance our our, our levels. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. Ooh. Anyhow, uh, we have we, we have a guest today. I figured it would be nice to, to bring somebody on. And he, he enjoys his, his sports ball stuff. So let's introduce him to some music, shall we? It's one of those theme songs to one of the, uh, the, the sports that people can pay for. Yeah, I can barely hear you. Why? Are you, are you not am talking I, into the mic? Am I talking into the mic? I don't know what you're doing. Anyhow, uh, Jason from school. <laughs> How are you doing, How's sir? How's it going, guys? Good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. So I'm used to seeing you guys or talking to you on a Sunday. So yeah, yeah, it's the first time for 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 much. I see you are in your kitchenette. Yeah, this is a. Uh, we have two kitchens here. This is my brew kitchen area. Yeah, so it is very disorganized. <laughs> and you can see all kinds of bottles and holy hell, buddy. So today we are brewing an Irish red ale. Uh, we've already got mash in and uh, we got about 25 minutes or so remaining on that before we have to sparge. What are you up to? I am uh, making a gin today. Oh, nice. So I have, uh, I've already done my stripping runs and everything, and I gathered about uh, eight gallons of just neutral alcohol, and I've proofed it all down, I've put it into the still, and I macerated it with part of the botanicals, now I'm putting the rest of the botanicals together, and I'll put them in the column and fire it up, and we'll have some gin in the next seven hours, eight hours. There you go. Awesome. If only it was that easy for everyone to just make their own booze, eh? Exactly. Holy hell. Yeah. Well, you can do it. Uh, like, if, if you've got a, a Sunday to waste, essentially, you've got time to make alcohol. Well, and seeing as how I'm over in Ontario, yeah, I, I really got nothing to do today at all, <laughs> except sit around the house. Yes, you're locked down pretty good, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, that, that uh, province is uh, taking a beating, unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything to drink over there? Or are you, uh, you uh, currently? You're driving dry today. I'm uh, dry right now because it's ten o'clock in the morning here, as opposed to eleven where you are, and I haven't even had breakfast yet. So, oh, well, we de- we decided to tap a keg. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah, yeah. However, this is our... What are you drinking? Uh, well, it's our, our burnt burger. Hold it. It's... Uh, what, what kind of beer is that? Well, it's a Bitburger clone. Uh, and then while, while we were cleaning up, we found some crusties underneath uh, the the, uh, the false bottom that uh, looked like they burned there. 
So it's like, oh, so that may have added to the flavor. So we calling it burnt burger. And uh, it's a, a pilsner, and that's that's what's been sitting in my freezer forever. And we've uh, we charged it with uh, CO two cartridges. Nice. Yeah, and uh, for the most part, uh, we're neither of us are pleased with it. So <laughs> we well, I guess that's keg, not so good then. Yeah, we have a keg uh, of of pilsner that tastes like garbage. Like it's really nice. Though. Look, look at look how clear this is. Like it, it turned out quite well. That's uh, is that the one that we were discussing about uh, your freezer and how to throw it in your bottle and whatnot? Or yeah, originally we were going to. Um, so originally the plan was to to um, do the whole thing in the keyser. Uh, I've got one of those ink birds that control the temperature, and. Um, so we monitored the temperature from there, went from primary to secondary, but then the secondary, the idea was, well, if we just do it in the keg, it takes up less space. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was having insane amount of problems with, with the keg. Um, and so the idea was, okay, well, what if, what if we were to do add priming sugar at the secondary and just leave it there? And then, so unfortunately, that didn't happen. I was having leaking issues and... So that's where I came to you, our uh, resident pro brewer, and uh, you you walked me through the idea of just charging it with CO two. Yeah. So I bought this little regulator, and everything can see it very well in the this tiny little silver thing over here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a tiny little CO two regulator that holds these sixteen gram cylinders or cartridges. Right. Right. So you can play paintball and serve beer. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that thing, uh, I, I plugged that in and we charged it up, and it and it took in uh, tw- you know twenty four ish psi. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's Sean, Sean's eating like cereal. <laughs> Still here. You mentioned breakfast and he ran off and came back with cereal. Um, anyhow, as long as he's got beer in the bowl, that's perfect. There you go. Yeah, uh, gra- grains upon grains and uh, <laughs> keto grains. Mm. So, so anyhow, this regulator, it uh, we, we were able to charge up this, uh, the the beer, and uh, now we're serving it at about ten psi ish. And uh, yeah. It's, it's not a horrible system, right? Because I don't want to spend I don't want to spend another hundred bucks or so because I'm not really building a keyser right now. So this this solved the uh, the CO two problem that we were having. Hey, if it, if it tastes good, it tastes good. That's just the way it is. Well, I think Sean is debating that. I'm wondering if the burnt issue just came through in the flavors. It doesn't taste like I think it should. Yeah. Was it supposed to be a pilsner? Supposed to be a pilsner, which are a, a lagered, uh, lagered pilsner, pilsner something or other. Yeah, I don't know. But again, oh, you know what? Uh, try it out for a little while longer. You, you never know. Yeah, I grow on you. Uh, well, you're gonna you're gonna drink that on me. I just I wanted to actually check the. Uh, That's what I was gravity. going to do. Was oh, you're gonna check the gravity? Okay. Pour into the. Yeah. Good luck with that. 
Do you want that bowl again? Or? See, it still has some CO2 in it. Yeah. So it's, it's not completely shite. Uh, anyhow, so um, on my drive over here today, uh, which is only about 15 minutes, I got to thinking about, because um, uh, we, we've contemplated the idea uh, of killing this show eventually and doing something more serious when related to the brewery. And um, <clears throat> when it comes down to it, you know, we, we need topics to talk about. We, we need content, right? And um, if we had some means of generational um, conversation, so have uh, a pro brewer and, uh, you know, an amateur brewer comparing notes, um, you know, checking out new gear, expose, exposing new, new, new fangled crap to, uh, to the old dogs. Getting their impression on on certain things, talk, talking about you know talking people through the uh, the, the ability to, to to home brew or to you know like or who are new to the industry. It's a lot of noise. Yeah, Jason's making tons of noise. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm in the middle of trying to get all this together. Um, and you're you're breaking up a little bit uh, as you're talking there, but it's probably just because the sword is. Yeah, Discord is Discord. Well, it's floating. That's good. Yeah, so exactly. Still. Um, yeah, so I, I was just kind of... Could you finish out with that? What, sorry? Sorry, but oh, I just the, saw him testing it out. So what do you? What did it finish at? Uh, I got to check. They got to lean in to check the number here. Sean can do it. It should be approximately 1.01. 1. 01. Check, check under the head. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, a four point one percent alcohol. Beautiful. Which is what we're looking for. Nice light lager style. Yeah. So but anyway, back to your uh, story here. So you're talking about when you get the brewery open and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, in, in, within the brewery, we want to have uh, a podcast studio, and within that studio, um, also do a, a like video. Recording. We could go through new gear to the to the to the homebrew scene, new gear to the the actual brewing scene, um, and then like, do some reviews, kind of kind of tricks of the trade stuff. But in the same context, I'd like to kind of put a professional, you know, like, I don't want to say, like a, 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 a long-term veteran to, to the scene and an amateur and, and kind of compare notes, right? Um, like old dog, new dog type stuff, right? That's a great idea. Yeah, so um, it, it, if... Uh, oh, it might, you know, it might even be something that's worthwhile is if, uh, if you do that, have them both brew a style, then have them back on a couple of weeks later and compare the styles that they made and see how yeah. somebody who's seen and been in the industry compared to somebody who's just been a home brewer and see how things turn out. There's um, the, there's there's a cooking channel that I, that I watch on YouTube that um, has a professional chef and an amateur chef, and what they do is that they. Um, they they make a single meal, but the the chef has like a you know 
a thousand dollar budget and the amateur has like a twenty dollar budget right and then they swap out the recipes so the amateur has to try to do their professional's recipe and then the professional has to amp up the amateur's recipe using only the ingredients provided Now that's an interesting concept right there. Yeah, so like uh, if, if you had so, some form of um, advanced recipe that um, that you could go ahead and and, and share, uh, which you have, uh, like we, we've we've tested out, uh, you know, or we looked at at least your cream ale and made some alterations to uh, to it to, to make our own, right? <clears throat> um, now, actually, I had a question in regards to yours. Um, what, like what, when it really comes down to it, is that uh, your hop profile seemed very, very light. Um, yeah, typically when you're looking at a uh, at a cream ale, you're going to have a very light hop profile because, again, it's one of those things that they were kind of trying to capture the lager drinking uh, public, and when because they didn't have all of the uh, proper cooling methods over here in the new world and they were trying to simulate something that would be nice and light but easy to drink for people gotcha so yeah you you will have different styles that i've seen for cream ale some of them are extremely hoppy i've made a dry hopped cream ale that turned out really nice yeah if i'm just looking at doing a basic cream ale that's the one that i sent over to you to have a look at because it's it's one of those ones that as soon as you're done with it it's just like you've had a lager maybe with just a little bit more flavor because of the uh, ale yeast that you're using. You're going to be a little bit more estery instead of dry. Gotcha. Yeah, because so, like, as I was purchasing the grain bill, I was like, I don't know how how little, like because when I, when I was measuring out the, the hops, I was like, God, there's like no hops here. So I ended up buying more hops than I need, which we just have in the freezer at this point because we ended up sticking to the original recipe. And and mimicking your 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 hop in uh, input with a couple of different hops. Sorry, I keep muting you here, so that way as I'm making a lot of noise, it's not coming through everything over there. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, yeah, like again, every beer that somebody makes is going to be something that's their own as it is anyway. But yeah, if you're looking at it, the original recipe that I sent over, which you said that you guys tried brewing and whatnot, um, we probably got what another couple of weeks before that one's ready. You're gonna find it's just a real easy middle of the road drinker. Well, that's actually it right there. Well, that's it right there. That's it right there. Oh, <laughs> it's a dark background. It looks like a very dark beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's in front of a big chunk of plywood that's been stained brown. So it, it it doesn't do much for, for the color profile from this distance. Plus, this camera and the lighting in this room doesn't really help either. But um, yeah, it's it's actually pretty nice. We were looking at it coming through the um, the transfer tube, and it, it is it's quite um, quite straw color. <laughs> and that's that's what it should be. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. It's it's beer. Yeah, we're gonna enjoy it. Well, hey, if it's beer, you're going to enjoy it. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. We did have, uh, what was the one issue we had with the 
gravity. Okay, so what ended up happening is that uh, we were too high of gravity, and I went online and uh, tried to find the calculation to add um, <clears throat> to add water to it and how much water to add to get to the gravity that I needed. And um, yes, I fucked up the calculation. Uh, I used the wrong end- ending volume that I needed. And we added uh, a gallon of water too much. So we had to boil off that gallon. I don't think there's going to be anything wrong with that. Yeah. You know, your hot profile might change slightly, but it's not really going to, not really going to affect it all that much. I'm wondering if it might have darkened the color of the beer having an extra like hour or two boiling, right? Yeah. Like, that's where you're going to have your bit of a difference there. Also, yeah, since you're, it was an extra hour. Yeah. You're going to have a little bit of a different character to it because obviously you're bittering and flavor hops right. have kind of exchanged spots and oh, you know what? You never know. We'll see how it comes out. Could be a happy could be accident. Best, could be the best beer that's ever happened in the world. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you don't know it until you drink it. Yeah, and then uh, from there we we like it goes into bottles in like two days. But I think Sean's in PEI again. Yes. So yes, I am. That's going to be another month or two. You're in PEI for another fucking month. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Hey. The, guy, the guy leaves me. Doesn't even like say goodbye. I get like no fucking cuddles. Like Jesus Christ, buddy. Where do your loyalties lie? Yeah, man. <laughs> My bank account. <laughs> yeah, make hay while the sun shines, man. It's busy. It's not usually this busy in the winter, so we're we're making the most of it. Well, that's kind of nice. It's not the construction month, but and it's a really good job. Like all the guys on the on site are pretty cool, easy to get along with, and we they leave us alone. Like we got a forklift to do all our work. It's is a as far as scaffolding goes, it's as good as it gets out there right now. Oh. Anyhow, um, ugh. so uh, yes, we have an issue with class, and Jason and I have been talking. Uh, I think uh, Jesse has piped in a little bit too of the the order of the the, the classes were were not pr- proper for us. No, we and jumped in. When they happen to be running the course, and that's kind of how they do it, right? With the another cohort joining us now, every halfway through they jump in another class, make well, more tuition I, that way. I don't know if that. I don't think that's a normal thing. No, no. I I think the mixing the big mixing of cohorts is is new. But yeah, like um, if you look at the class that just joined ours, they're going to be out of sorts as well. Because they're going to follow us through the end of class, and then the end is when they're going to get their brewery hygiene, health and safety, uh, hygiene in the brewery. And when you look at the order of the classes, brewery hygiene should be right after the one we're taking right now. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to have a couple of things that are a little bit out. Nothing like we had though; like we were way off. Well, we we started uh, with. The second, third, fourth, and fifth classes, and then starting the first. 
So, like, we we went quite far into the subject of brewing and processes, and then it's like, hey, here's your introduction course. You're like, oh, great. (laughs) <laughs> you're like, yeah. no wonder it's not keeping my attention the way it fucking should be because I already know some of it and then my brain just shuts off well yeah like how many times can you go over the exact same QA stuff well I've, you know? I've complained several times and, where and then it, well, we're basically going into we have, a dumbed yeah. down board of it yeah, that's exactly it too. It's like we we went in depth already, and now you're telling me, oh, there's a thing called called you know CIPs, and I'm like, okay, I get that. Please stop talking about them, <laughs> okay? Like, just we don't like. Ugh. But it's for the people that are joining us who have never heard of CIP. True, right? But even putting the, like they they put this in the order that they did to begin with. Yeah, it had nothing to do with cohort six to begin with. <clears throat> that's your timer. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Sean and I have to take a quick break. So we, we've got a, uh, uh, a sparge to do. Uh, we'll, we'll come back. Uh, with you, that'll give uh, me a chance to do this and get the, the rest of the botanicals together, and then I can actually sit and talk without having to make a bunch of noise. There you go. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see you in about uh, 45 to an hour. Sounds good. All right, talk to you soon. And now, another Cape Bretoner moment. Cecil! Yes, boy, it's going my son, go now, claim Smith's a little artiste? Yes, boy. Okay. We'll be right back. No, no, we oh, are we are. Oh, we are, wait, we, we're, we're, we're back. Jackass. We're right back. Uh, so, yeah, we, we had a very lovely sparge. It uh, worked out well. We're, we're still waiting to get to temperature. How about yourself, Jason? Well, I've uh, had my four shots come off of here. Um, don't usually get, get a whole lot of them on the second run through. That's the stuff you need to throw because that's the stuff that'll make you go blind. Oh, so, that's good. Now we're just starting to get it dripping a little bit. I think probably in about the next 15 minutes here, we'll have a full stream and be ready to go. So explain heads to me. Okay, so when you're taking your, uh, when you're distilling, you're going to separate different parts of the alcohol coming out because some of them are more volatile, some are less volatile and have more water, right. et cetera. So the first part that comes out is called the four shot. Four shot has all of your stuff. It's basically like paint thinner. You're looking at right there. Um, it's acetaldehyde and stuff like that. So you can actually use this as a, it smells like nail polish remover. And that's what you can use it as. Okay. So it's essentially like an acetal. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strong alcohol. Very strong. Okay. So that stuff comes out, you get you get rid of it. I keep it downstairs for paint thinner because that's what you can use it for, basically. Or cleaning your hands if they get something on them. Wow. And after that, we have what's known as the heads, which are the first parts that are coming up. They're a little bit higher alcohol, have a little bit more of a bite. Maybe not quite as good of a flavor of the neutral alcohol. And then you have your hearts. The hearts are, that's your money right there all the way through. That's where you have your really good alcohol come through. Then once you get towards the end of your uh, end of your boil, you run into what's called the tails. And you'll see it start to get a little bit cloudy and your alcohol percentage will drop. It has more water, et cetera, in with it. So after you get everything done put together, you're going to start taking your heads, your tails, and whatnot, 
and you're going to start mixing in with your hearts to find where you're where you want your alcohol to be the best. So and usually, with your tails has more flavor than heads, and I'll put them in my next bullet. Okay, so do do tails have more more flavor than heads? Tails have more flavor. Okay, yes. I see. What you, so for you, you start trying to get more flavor and more alcohol by the by adding from you know to your hearts with those two ends. Exactly. Gotcha. Cool. Your hearts are usually your best all the way around, and then just to round out the flavor is when you're going to start adding a little bit of the tails just to give it a bit more flavor. So when when did you start doing home distilling? Started researching it back about three or four years ago and put my own pot still together about a year ago and then just got this one for Christmas. Nice. Nice. So you're moving on up. Well, it's, it's an interesting hobby. Like, I figure I already do the mash and everything as it is anyway when I do a beer. So it was like a simple step to get to do this. I've actually done some alcohols where I've taken some of my higher percentage beers and put it in with it and distilled it down. Nice. So I've had neutral alcohols that have come out with an IPA character to them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so oh. wait, do you get on YouTube much? Uh, to watch? Yeah. Yeah, okay. A lot. So there's there's a distilling channel that I like to watch. It's called Still It. I think this guy is Australian or from New Zealand, but he's he's pretty funny and he goes through a lot of details and stuff. And I've been learning a lot from him. And I'd love yeah. to like your what you're doing, like just small batch at home. I'd love to try try my hand at it eventually. You know what? It's it's an interesting concept to grasp onto. And again, doing beer already anyway. This is just kind of like another step that's almost the same process until you get to you're boiling and actually distilling stuff out so how, how much so how, when I, how much will you get away from a standard grain bill and beer though oh it's much different depending on what you're making yeah like uh you're looking at adding more grain obviously not a ton surprisingly um i use a lot of flaked corn and stuff like that in it because you're just looking at getting a neutral spirit to begin with once i'm uh, doing stuff like a rum Etc. That's when I'll do more of a sugar wash. That I'll use molasses and stuff like that in it to get that real rum character. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's a big difference. Is when you're doing a mash when you're distilling is I'm going to create my mash and I'm putting the yeast right in the mash. Everything stays in there and it ferments out with everything in it. Really. What type of uh, still do you have for your home level? Well, the one that I built was just a simple pot still with, uh, yeah, I had a worm and everything all running through it and whatnot. And then I wanted something that was a little simpler for when I'm doing just my neutrals like I am right now. So I got one of the Turbo 500s. Turbo 500? Turbo 500. Real easy to use. It's basically like using a grain father. Um, now, is it is it the grain father that you guys have? Uh, Bruzilla, but yes, essentially the same thing. It's a, yeah. it's just a, it's a beer sous vide. Okay. Because they do have, I know for the grain father, they actually have your uh, still top and everything that you can put on it and use it as a still. Yeah, yeah. There's a and conical that I can purchase for the top of ours. It's pretty well the same. Like, look at it. 
Yeah, it's pretty well the exact same thing. Now there's it's a, a kettle, there's right? a coil inside that that um, that shaft, right? Yeah. So up at the top, we call them here. There is a coil that goes through. Um, I have stainless steel saddles that run up the column, and then I have copper saddles that run up through the top. And then there is a separate condenser down the other side here. So there's water running up through the condenser on this side and coming down through the coil at the top on this side. Because this is a reflux column, it's a little bit different than doing your standard pot column. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what it does is it basically pre-condenses as it's going up. Uh, all of the impurities start falling back in, like your water and everything else. And then pure alcohol starts making its way up through the column. And then it comes across, and once it hits the condenser on this side, it turns it all back into liquid, and then it starts dripping out the other side. Hmm. So the, uh, the the question of the hour in that case uh what the hell got you into to home brewing uh, to begin with? You you were a trucker to begin with, right? I was a trucker when I started home brewing. And so, so what, and what it, got you into the concept of home brewing? Uh, I always liked you know, different craft beers. And going back that many years, even, like one of my favorite beers back then was Muskoka Cream Ale. I used to drink it on a regular basis. Um, it was getting towards Christmas the one year, and my wife said, oh, let's stop in at the uh, at the wine shop. I want to see about making some wine for Christmas. We went in, and I saw all these. I remember my brother doing it way back in the day where you just had that liquid malt extract in a can that you could get at a grocery store. And you put it in with some water and some sugar, and there you go. You had beer. So she had a bunch of that there, and I started asking her questions about it. She goes, oh, you can get different flavors by this and this. So I bought a kit at home, started making it, and the first one, I was like, this is absolutely terrible. (laughs) I went back and bought another one, and it was terrible. Then I bought another one, and it was kind of pretty bad. I was like, I know there's got to be a better way to do this. So I started experimenting with using different sugars instead of just dextrose. I started using hops and I would throw in a bag and throw it in. And all eventually things started changing in flavor. So I started researching more about doing all green. And a friend of mine, Brian, had a homebrew shop that he ran out of his house up in Windsor. He lives down in Florida now. And I got a hold of him online and that was how we that was how we met and became friends and had me over at his house. We did a brew together, and I said, this is exactly what I want. So he set me up with my first batch. I came home. My wife came home from work and just about killed me because the entire house smelled like hops because it was oh, an IPA that I was making. Nice. And it was being done on the stove. <laughs> so the house was filled. Eventually, she learned to love the smell of hops and the taste of hoppy beer, but that was how it all started, and then from there, it just got finding the different things and researching more and more, reading up on stuff, and that's how it got me to where I am today. Well, you've actually taken it one one step further in this case, and you're actually a pro brewer. I don't know if I'd call me a pro. You're a professional. You do it for a living. I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't know if i call it a pro. <laughs> So you you took the the leap from trucker to brewer. 
I took the leap from the leap from a trucker to I went back into graphic design, which is what I did before I was a trucker. Okay. I had had my own business for five or six years that I was running at that point, and then I started putting the business plan together to build my own brewery, and I sold off my business. And in the process of getting ready to sell my business off, somebody I know in town that has a restaurant who had their brew pub endorsement was only doing like one or two batches a month because they just didn't have the time to do it. Wow. And I would go in occasionally and bring in beers that I had made, and he asked for one to come in, and we do a brew with them, a collaborative. We did one, and it sold really well, and he said, hey, do you want to come back in again? So I did, and... I ran that one by myself without him there. And then when that one hit the taps, he got a hold of me and said, you know, it's selling really well. If you ever want to come in on, you know, a weekend or whatever, I'd be glad to pay you to come and do this because we don't have time. I said, well, funny enough, I'm selling my business right now, and that's what I plan to do. So about two weeks later, I had an offer on my business, sold it off, and started growing full-time after that. There you go. Awesome. That sounds like a, a, so, a lot of convenience for you, though. Uh, there's a lot of coincidence more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it worked out but, well because uh, you, you're, you know, you, you, you're getting more and more credibility in the in the uh, in, in the industry and looking on on uh, you know, uh, well, let's say you, you've made a name for yourself. I try to. <laughs> I have a lot of different experimental beers that I go through, and I think that's one of the appeals that we've had at the brewery is we've got three breweries within a block of each other in town. And you look at the reviews that come back, I'll get decent reviews, but ours is a constant. I love the changing lineup that you have all the time. You have 12 taps, and I know that there's going to be these four that are always there, but I never know what else is going to be there. Yeah. And then people asking, are you bringing this one back? Oh, remember last year you made that one, and it's a constant thing like that. So, you know, it's it's helped build a lot as we go through just for the simple fact of people recognize a beer, and it keeps them coming back just to try something else that's different. And people who may not be a big craft brew person, which there's a lot of them. We've had a lot in there. All I drink is Bud Light. All I drink is – and then it's like, well, here, try this. Oh, well, I've never had a beer like that before. Yeah, I'd like a pint of that. And then we'll try something else after that. The whole conception, preconceived notion that people have with craft beer that don't like craft beer, because their friend said, here, try this, and gave them like a double IPA. is the only craft beer they had ever tried before. <laughs> my well, my father is very right much there. like that. Uh, dad, dad is a Bud Light Lime type of guy. Well, there you go. Yeah, and uh, so you know, we we start talking about the uh, you know the the types of, of brews that we're making, and it, it kind of puts him off. the The moment I said the word stout, he was like, "Oh, that Guinness stuff! It's like eating a steak." And I'm like, "No, it's not. It's so much better. <laughs> like stouts are so much better than eating a steak." <laughs> Actually, they're really good with a steak. That too. Actually, we have some uh, some feedback from a um, a limey friend of mine out in Ontario. Um, he, uh, I, I sent out a bottle of our Russian Imperial Stout and a bottle of our Morning Brew, 
Um, he has gotten back to me with the uh, the review on the Imperial Stout. He says it went absolutely beautiful with a uh, charcuterie board of cheese and uh, some French bread. He says it, dra- oh, it drank perfectly like a, like a wine. And I'm like, that is beautiful. Classy. And that's I what know. you want to hear. Yep. So he Ooh, gave us absolutely out. wonderful praise on, on our Russian Imperial Stout. That's good news, and I love to hear that. Yeah. I hope that you guys make it out this way, because I'd really like to try some of those beers that I keep seeing you have in that class. Well, like we're, we're going to end up having to brew another one of those uh, to get, get another stout, and that was a lot of... Fucking, it was. That it was, was a lot of... Uh, it was boil LME over. and the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of boil over. Yeah. Um, okay. Give me a minute. I'm going to go grab a beer. I'll be right back. Sure. Right on, buddy. Sure. So, yeah, the... the uh, Man. Yeah, Andy got back to me and said uh, both he he and uh, and Annie fucking loved it. And I was like, awesome. that's awesome to hear. And uh, what are their names? Andy. Andy and Annie. Andy and Annie. Yeah, like Raggedy, Raggedy and, and Raggedy Annie. Annie. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, the, the, he he sent me the message and he, he well first off he said like you know well, th- thank you for for sending that out and he also got the uh, the first bars of soap. I made new soap. For the record. For the record, I made new soap. It's just the morning brew soap. So I infused it with the... Uh, so the soap coffee has, has uh, a bottle of morning brew in it, and it's got some coffee grounds, and it's got some spent grain. Nice. Exfoliant. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited for that one. It's uh, They're cut into bars. They're a lot bigger than the last ones, though. Oh, yeah? So um, they're, they're approximately two and a half by two and a half. Oh, yeah? Right? By... Cubed. Yeah, by, by by maybe an inch. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's bigger than the other the other cut, which is is fine. Um, but it's just I'm, based on the the new um, form you have for it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, for Christmas, I, I purchased myself a Christmas gift from Amanda. <laughs> Allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> myself. <laughs> So that, that's the, the thing about Amanda and I. We, we don't really buy each other gifts. We're like, hey, what do I want? And then like, it gets here. It's from and you. It's from you. Thank you. Um, we're, we're trying to learn how to gift give or uh, gift giving. Um, it, it, we've never done it. Yeah. It, it never really mattered to us. If we buy wanted yourself something, something for me. Well, it's something right? like that. But it, it's not even like we've tried buying gifts and it's just far too difficult. And if we ever really wanted anything, we'd just buy it, right? Yeah. So uh, th- this whole gift-giving thing is just easier. It's just like, hey, this is what I want. The, you know, buy yourself something along those same lines, or, or well, let's pick it out, and we'll sh- we shop it together, right? Um, but, yeah, the ending result is I pay. I picked up a, a, a new mold. holds 42 ounces of soap. And a uh, and a cutting block. It's like a miter, like a like a a, a miter box. A miter box, but yeah. it's only got only square. Yeah. Is only. it a wire that goes down through? No, the it's soap? a it's like a, a like a, a you know what are those like kitchen like a hacksaw blade? A, no, a kitchen knife. Like like, but it's like that that wooden handle at the top, and it's just this flat blade. You've seen them with like the people making oh, okay. bread. It's not hinged or anything. Like a no, no. It's just I just slide that through. Oh, I got two of those. Oh, like okay, so it's a. Counter scraper, yeah, 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 like Baking essentially, scraper. yeah. Okay, um, so like uh, there's there's that, and there's, but I've got another one that's got like a uh, bench kind of scraper, cor- 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 corrugated kind of weaviness to it, and I'm like, I'm never going to use that. Okay, and and so that's what so I got. The bench it. scraper is 
your cutter for the soap. Yeah. Cool. It's easy. Yeah. And as I mentioned in the chat, and I was hoping to get a little bit more praise out of it, out of this joke, but it's like soap making is an amazing hobby because it's so easy to clean up after yourself. <laughs> No wait. response. Nobody. Nobody. Jason. Yeah, I got. I got. I got the, the, the shaking of the head look in the in the chat channel. Um, well, that's the <laughs> that's the endless question, though, isn't it? Can soap get dirty? Can soap get dirty? But if you're making soap, you can't leave a mess. Yeah. You can only leave a clean. Right. Like it's uh, that's the only. You can't way you leave can. it dirty. Yeah. You can leave it a mess. <laughs> you can leave shit everywhere. You can spray it all over the ceiling. Oh, uh, you know the worst part about making soap is the smell of lye. It is so bad, like sodium hydroxide. Oh, and then you know. So, uh, what what did you say about the brewery? It's like, oh, wait till you get working in a brewery and your plastics all smell like that. Oh, it is nasty. Oh. Your what does? Plastics. Yeah. All of oh. your plastics and stuff smell like that. So Ooh. if you're looking at your uh, putting your head over top of a uh, fermenter or whatever that you've just put a bunch of this stuff in, yeah, you're going to get a good whiff of that. Well, powdered brewery wash does not smell like that. But you won't use powdered brewery wash when you get into full production. Yeah. Guaranteed. That stuff is way too expensive. Well, not and only that, but... It doesn't do as good of a job as your typical caustic yeah, and yeah. Your, uh, your standard sanitizers. But uh, yeah, because like uh, the way the way this recipe works for soap is that you just take you, you, know, you take about thirty ounces of oil, uh, mixed uh, two two to one with coconut to olive oil. Oh yeah, that, how's that boil coming along? By the way, almost, almost boiling. Boil Who is this? King Kung Imperial Stout. Uh, what do we got? We are. Oh, I I can even do uh, seven point five. Hold on a second. I can give you... Uh, oh, what's in the box? There you go. What's in the box? This is a Bosch Kung Brewing King Kong Imperial Stout coming in at 7.5%. Nice. It smells beautiful. And tastes just as beautiful. There you go. Um... Yeah, it's got it's got about a, a centimeter of head on that thing, eh? How, how's how's their head retention? It's holding up pretty good. Got some good lacing going on. Yeah. Um, could just be the way I poured it into here that it doesn't have that much head on it. But and that's that's not a nitro stout. That is a, a CO stout. A straight up CO stout. Seems to be holding up pretty decent. Decent lacing. Sean, what's the deal? Okay, I'll start the timer. Oh, that gin tastes so good. I saw you dipping your fingers in a couple times. All right, 45 minutes from now, uh, we are adding Irish moss and yeast nutrient. Are you hydrating them? Okay. I'm sorry. Did you say it was an Irish red that you're doing today? Yeah, yeah. Our IRA. I love Irish reds. That is actually one wow. of the things that Sean and I will always agree upon is there's always room for an IRA. So we do one at the brewery here. We do it as a nitro. 
So Ooh. it comes out very much like a uh, like a Kilkenny or a Boddington type of thing. Interesting. Very nice. People really seem to enjoy that one. But we only have one nitro tap, so part of the time it's uh, it's the Irish Red. It's called Suckin' Diesel. And the other part of the time, it is the Sex Panther, which is a sweet porter. Is 60% of the time, does it work all the time? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> um, and then we also have the Scotch Ale, which is uh, down into my belly. So another Anchorman reference right there. Wow. Scotchy, Scotch, Scotch, down into my belly. Yeah, one uh, of our bartenders came up with both of those names. We we have um, like we, we we have been looking into this nitro uh, nitro faucet where um, it nitrinates the nitrinates no nitrinizes nit ni- nitro gases. It injects nitrogen into the fucking liquid just as you're pouring it. And they use those, I believe, for the uh, natural coffees and stuff. Normally coffee, but uh, the company who sells this says that they, they can uh, you can use any liquid you want. And it's just pulling nitrogen from the air. And we, um, we have a nitrogen engine at the brewery. Yeah. Um, it's up in the back of the brewery. It has a big storage tank and whatnot. It pulls CO2 from our CO2 tank it up there and then it just grabs out of the air filters it it's nitrogen and then i can set the amounts that i want to mix nitrogen to co2 as i'm doing different beers yeah so i'm making the sex panther i'll do a 75 percent nitrogen 25 percent co2 through the carb stone into the beer and have a full nitrogen all the way through including the tap that we have which pours at an 80 percent nitro and 20 percent uh, CO2. Yeah, because um, from the sounds of it, um, I think Sean's dream is that we're going to end up with a couple of different styles of taps. Um, I'd like to have a, a nitrogen tap so that we can, we can do something along those lines. Uh, but he also would like to introduce a beer engine. We have one of those at the brewery as well. Now, and, uh, I have converted a couple of old uh, Sankey kegs cut off the bottom dip tube a little bit okay. and I have converted it to up to the old beer engine, which came out of a, an old pub that closed down in England that a friend of mine over here in the home brew club had. Oh yeah. So it's been sitting in my basement for 15 years and I don't know what to do with it. I said, I'll give you about 150 bucks for it. He said, perfect. sold." So we put it in at the brewery and yeah, we have an old time beer engine and I do all kinds of different casts that we put on it. We do special, Friday cask release and whatnot. We do that one time a month, then every other Sunday after that. So we do twice a month. Once it's on the Friday for everybody, and then the first Sunday of the month we have the Mug Club social event. Okay. Only open to Mug Club members, and we do a special uh, cask release for just after that. Yeah, um, we, we got we got looking into the idea of even reselling beer engines um, from from our, our our tap room store, right? Like we'll go, we're gonna have a merch desk, obviously, so like where we sell shirts and hats and, and memorabilia. But the idea of selling a beer engine, 
so that we can actually sell our beer in boxes. Beer engines aren't cheap, though. No, no, it would be if, if somebody would, would would prefer to to purchase our beer for you know like uh, for their own beer engine, right? Then we we can go ahead and sell it in a box and. And, and then this makes a little bit more sense. Oh, what's in the box? <laughs> but uh, at this point, we're really only kind of like just just fluttering over over the idea of, of being able to sell a beer engine to somebody. Oh, you know what? It's not a bad idea to keep one around just in case. If you find that it's something that people inquire about, why not? Well, um. How often do you do you swap out the, um, the 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 casked ale that's in that beer engine? The cask ale usually, when we release it, it's gone that day. No, I mean like the 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 style of ale is coming out of it. There there is that only the one that comes out of that beer engine. Oh no, we every time that we have it, it's a different beer. Okay, so uh, you're you're kegging it in a in a cask in this you know a modified keg. To be a more of a cascale, yeah. um, and but it's it's a different brew each time. Then, so I might take like our standard golden ale, and just before it's done fermenting, I'll throw a little bit of sugar in the bottom of a sankey, top it off with beer out of that fermenter, yeah. and I might throw in a couple of extra dry hops of some type, or maybe a little bit of uh, cherry or something in there. Seal it up, shake it up. Uh, Purge some CO two on the top and then allow it to sit. Hmm. A of, within a couple of weeks, you've got a perfectly carbonated beer. Um, I'll go along and uh, pull the uh, pressure relief valve a few times just so it doesn't get over carbonated. And yeah, it's basically I'll take any of the beers that I have on, throw it into one of those, and then just modify it a bit. Hmm. Add some extra, like I said, add some extra hops or add some strawberry or some cherries or whatever, just to make it something that is only going to be in that cast. Interesting. Cause I was under the impression that you'd have to uh, have, have a more or classic style of, of bitter or ale to come out of it. You can do anything you want out of any kind. Like we've done a milkshake IPA out of a nitro tap. So like it's, it's basically experimentation is the thing that people really love and look for. They love their standard beers. I love an IPA. I love a ale, a lager, whatever. If they see, you know what, I like a lager, but what's this one that's this hot lager with raspberry? Um, they might try it because they like a lager. But yeah, the beer engine thing, I've done a black IPA on it. I've done a double milk, a milkshake double IPA on it. I've done a couple of standard bitters, just slightly different with the recipe that I was going with. I've done our golden ale, so it was a straight-up English ale on it. I've done a uh, dry Irish stout, and I've done a apple cinnamon oatmeal stout on it. Apple cinnamon oatmeal stout. Sounds like a pie. It tastes like Quaker apple cinnamon oatmeal. That's... like. Like did okay, so there there's a, a brewery out out this way who um, I'm I have to assume why they did this, but they had a blueberry um, what was it? I think it was just a blueberry ale that they had, but it tasted like freeze dried blueberries. 
that doesn't sound good at all. No, it didn't taste very good. Um, but the re- I'm thinking the reasoning behind it is because they actually like they finalized their beer and then they added blueberries at the end, and they didn't like they didn't want to um, modify the the sugar content. So if you use freeze dried blueberries, you'd get the flavor, but you wouldn't get the the actual uh, the sugars from it. That's not that's not the way that I would do it. But again, it's all experimentation. Like, yeah, but uh, uh, wait. see if it works. If it doesn't, well, you don't do it next time. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like. Um, like I, I I give him credit for trying to come up with a blueberry ale, but uh, this was definitely wasn't the way to do it because all I tasted was blue was the uh, freeze dry. Yeah, that's not good. Um, if I'm doing something with blueberry, I'm usually adding a bunch of it to the boil. I know a lot of it's going to ferment out. So then I'm going to take and I'm going to run some blueberries through a blender or whatever, throw it in a hop straining bag throw it in for secondary so can you walk me through that process in a in a, <clears throat> in a in a professional brewery of how to do finings because i don't fully understand going from the fermenter to the bright tank without a without without a secondary system in place so a majority of the breweries well i won't even say the majority of breweries it's 50 50 anymore They'll run a filter through from one to the other, or they'll just straight up run it from your racking port over to the bright, because the majority of your solids and everything have already settled out. So once you run it through your racking port to get it over there, those last few solids, once it chills down, you're going to go to the bottom and settle, and you're only looking at having a very small, minuscule amount covering the bottom. So that's basically all that it is. You don't need a finding agent going from one to the other because the majority of it is settled out already. And then when you're going into your bright, you're either going to run your filter or you're going to run it over just as is. It'll be slightly hazy. But you're not going to have to worry about it all that much. With the way that you're drawing off of the bank, there's not going to be hardly anything settled out on the bottom. Yeah. Now, I guess I'm also going to end up learning a lot when I when I go to an actual brewery and doing my uh, internship, right? Oh, absolutely, you will. Yeah, it would be night and day. Night and day for well, okay. The, the process is basically the same as what you're doing now. Two differences aside, you're just looking at a way bigger scale. So, uh, it's going to be night and day when you look at it. And don't get intimidated <laughs> by looking at the equipment. Realize that, oh, okay, well, my pot's this big. That one's just that big. Yeah, and, and some of that, I, oh, that the is. beginnings, I can I can fully understand. But, like, looking at this this uh, fur monster over here, this is this is a an inverted, uh, well, it's basically, it's a carboy with a big fat mouth on it, right? Yep. So, in a, uh, a conical fermenter, essentially the exact opposite of this, all the, the sediment falls to down into the conical, which helps kind of direct it to, to fish it out. Okay? I get that concept. Exactly. But right now what we're doing in here is if we were to dry hop, it would, uh, it would go in for the first one, then we'd transfer from that to another unit, and then we'd do our secondary in another unit. If we're doing any dry hopping in that one, um, 
then that also takes place. But then you have the concept of a bright tank, which really all I understand for a bright tank is that it's a last place to go. Let's the, the let's any of everything settle out, and then you throw your carbon ace, uh, carbon you know carbon dioxide stone in it, right? Yeah, so basically, what you're looking at is how at a brewery that I work at, we have unit tank. What unit tanks are is it's a fermenter and a bright tank that you can use it as. Helps save space. <clears throat> so they will have an operating pressure of 15 pounds. So I can carbonate right inside them, whereas your typical fermenter would have less than that. So when mine's fermented out, I will start to cold crash it. And when it gets down to about 40 degrees Fahrenheit, I will open up the bottom valve and I'll drain off a bunch of the yeast and whatnot, close it back up, allow it to finish chilling down, which will get it down to about 34 degrees Fahrenheit, 36, somewhere in there. Now it's cleared out pretty well. I can choose to open that up and drop off the rest of the yeast that's held in the bottom, but where my racking port is, is above that. You have your bottom valve that's here. My racking port is up here. So when I do my first drain, everything that's from here down is gone out. Yeah. You've collected whatever you want to reuse the yeast. Everything else has gone down the drain. It's gone. Now, after I do my uh, chill down, everything's going to be down below this racking part. So at that point, I can draw off the top without worrying about pulling sediment up off the bottom. When I'm doing dry hopping, it's the same thing inside that fermenter. You have your hot port that you'll add all your hops inside a stock, put it down in, allow it to dry hop. Once it's done, things come out, and your CO2 is on, and off you go. Hmm. <clears throat> Are you using a um, cotton or a nylon sock for dry hopping? It's a, it's a nylon sock that we have. You can get them from uh, BSG has a... Have a bunch of different ones up there. Yeah, we, we've got a couple of different. We we have so our first ones were cotton, and I found that they were breaking down too quickly. Yeah, yeah, like the um, like the muslin bags and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah those ones. Yeah, they do break. It's only you might as well be using cheesecloth. Pretty much, yeah. The the you know the the uh, the holes in it just massively opened up, and then you just like crap everywhere and it's like well why do i even have a bag what's the point <laughs> like exactly. you know, I'm, I'm wasting my time here so we we've invested in more uh, nylon bags and whatnot um even for our our vorloffing and recirculation we will we will yep. vorloff into a bag to hopefully catch more of the grain so um so when it really comes down to it uh the brewing process is simple very very fucking simple yeah, and, pretty well. And you're saying that it, it actually doesn't get any more complex, just more layers, or is it... Yeah, I guess that's what you'd call it, more layers. Um, when you look at it, from brewing in a jug this big, which I've done, there's these your beer or whatever, but there used to be one around here called uh, the beer market. They would sell you this little bag of grains, and then you'd get... One of these, and I had a little fermenter screw on top. Yeah, and that's just, and that, you'd that end it. up with, with, what is that, uh, one gallon of, uh, of beer in that case? Yeah, it was a one-gallon thing. And look at that, and then look at your 25-liter that you're doing. The process that you're going through again. Move up to a 10-gallon. 
how you're doing the exact same process. It's just basically growing. But the only other thing that you need to realize is hop utilization, uh, yeast, etc. those are going to change. You can't just take a five-gallon batch and go, okay, now I'm brewing 100 gallons, so I just multiply that by 20, and here we are. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't need have 20 times the yeast? To work out. How do you, how do you, like, <laughs> how are you not supposed to use 20 times the yeast? Come on, man. <laughs> it's, it's basically just so, liquid yeah. bread you're pouring in there. <laughs> so, something like that. But if people don't know, they might think that, oh, yeah, well, you just go from one to the other to the other. Once you get past a certain point, once you get past, like, I want to say it's two barrels. I can't remember the exact one. But once you get past a certain point, your hop utilization will change too. So, like, if I'm using one ounce of hops in this five gallon, now I'm going up to five barrels. I'm not going to multiply that, and you know, I'm not going to use one ounce times thirty into this one. Not thirty ounces that are going in here. Hop utilization is going to go up. Your alpha acids and everything are going to change depending on what you're making. So now, instead of thirty ounces of hops, I'm using twenty. So there's equations that, and you'll see it as we get into class, how the equations work out, because I, I guarantee they're going to teach us big equipment stuff in it. But there are equations that you can look at online and say, well, I'm going from this to this. How much do I need to change for this? You'll see that it's not a direct one-to-one ratio all the way up. It's, well, so it seems to be more of an exponential situation. Exactly. Yeah. Lo- logarithmic? No, which one is logarithmic? <laughs> Logger. Oh, wow. Logarithmic. Logarithmic? Beer and math together. Logarithmic. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Sean, on play on words. Ba-boom. Do we have a rim shot on your, your uh, little... Sorry, you want one of those? Yeah. Is that, it's I on think like I deserve one. Six. Deserve one. All right. Thank there you, you go. Good Logarithmic. Enough. Do it again. Sorry, I'll let you do it again. Logarithmic. Hey, you know what? <laughs> A round of applause. It, there and you go. Track. You content? Turn those off. <laughs> I don't know how long those play for. I never sit through them. Um, <clears throat> so we have an assignment that's uh, that's coming up. It essentially just walks, you know, walks everybody through the, the brewing process. And it's just... Grain, water, mash, uh, sparge. Uh, where, where are we now? Oh, yeah, sorry. Boil with whatever process. And then... Ferment. Uh, cool, 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 ferment. cool, ferment. And carbonate. Should be. Oh, yeah, he hasn't really... <laughs> I like how he said... Here, get a jump start on it this weekend, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have anything up on Moodle showing us what the hell we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. No layout. Because Monday we'll go over a review for what it's going to be. Yeah, well, I'm excited for tomorrow's test. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. Yeah. It is on the slides, though, so at least we can just review the slides and have a good idea of what's going on. Yeah, it's a start. You know, uh, one of the things we used to do uh, back in my college days is that if we had to study for a test and, and we were doing it in a group, uh, one person 
would take a slideshow and present the same slideshow that the teacher did to the rest of the, to the group so that you could hear it again. And, and, and then you, like we, as we were listening, we'd correct them because they were just doing this live, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't have any preparation. So certain people would remember certain things from the slides and then they'd blurt out like, no, 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 no. This was the thing where they did this instead. And they're like, oh yeah, that's right. And then, so we'd all be on the same page in that case. Well, to do that, we'd have to have everyone paying attention in class instead of watching <laughs> Discord. Yeah, chatting. instead of everyone just chatting away on Discord. Discord is the bane of everyone's existence in that class. Yeah, well, I'm sorry I, I made it. it. I, I can't follow both. I don't interact on Discord while class is on. Yeah, and then I make comments about Sean not cleaning his equipment because I just wanted to see him say, it was fucking sitting there. That was a lie, by the way. Uh, it was a total lie. Like it, he, he fucking at least let everything soak, right? Which, which by the way, that, that, that water was freezing cold. Oh, I bet. Oh, I put my hand in there to grab some of the shit out of it. My arm fucking hurt. That's the cold side of the house? Oh, that's messed up. Okay, so who, that is Hearts. This is no. I've already done a stripping run, so everything coming out of here is all drinkable. Oh, alcohol. There you go. So, what kind of uh, like what what changes the 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 spirit to a gin in this case? So, gin is made with a bunch of botanicals. So, this one I had orris root, angelica root, um, bitter almond, cubeb pepper, licorice root. Juniper, uh, calamus root, rains of paradise, and cashew bark. Okay, now th- this is all some form of like essential oil, or what? What are you like? How, how do you add this? I don't think it would be oil, would it? Holy shit! You're actually just steeping this. This shit. is all. Well, what happens is I make a is known as a gin basket. So I take all of my botanicals and I have a mortar and pedestal here that I crush them. And I put them in the gym basket and the gym basket goes underneath the bottom of the column. All the vapors come up through and they pick up all of those flavors as they come out. You're making dim sum with fucking powder. Cool. And then <laughs> the other, other way that people do it is they'll actually macerate it. So they'll take a bunch of of the botanicals they need, put it in the neutral spirit, allow it to sit for 24 to 48 hours, and then just run through a simple pot still and just go that route. The vapor infused provides a lot smoother flavor from what I've found. It's not as harsh. So that's what I got here. That is a vapor infused gin, and I'm going to test the alcohol on it right now. Oh, that'll be cool. I'd love a nice whiskey, like a homemade whiskey. He's making gin. Whiskey's yes. uh, fun. It's different mash in uh, ingredients, but yeah. I think it has to be 51% yeah, turned, corn. Uh, yeah, and one of the things that you're looking at with whiskey is unless you're aging it in some type of wood or doing a quick age, which is where you have a bunch of chunks of wood and you basically shake it up. Yeah. Allow it to sit for a couple of days. But you can char those too, right? Exactly. Yeah. So... This is an alchemeter, as opposed to your hydrometer. This tells me exactly how much alcohol is in here. Oh, how do we get one of those for beer? Well, you can, but I'm not really going to show up on here too well. Oh, yeah, I suppose it would. 
just not going to be as accurate looking at it. Oh. Uh, Alchemeter says, this is at... It's amazing. The shit that floats in alcohol tells you things. (laughs) It's just so fucking weird. Where are we at? We are at 80... So we're at... Looks like 88% alcohol. Wow. So if you wanted to make that a 40%, do you just, are you just watering it down? Yeah. What you're doing is you're taking uh, either distilled water or my my go-to is uh, RO. RO water, yeah. and you proof it down to whatever you need. So, so that's what proofing is. So right now, this at 88% alcohol is 176 proof. Alcohol proof is double of whatever your alcohol percentage is. Okay. So I want to bring this down to about forty uh, percent alcohol, eighty proof. That's what your typical gin is, forty to fifty percent. Right. So I'll take my RO water after I get everything collected, and I'll proof it down to that. Would you uh, take your your reverse osmosis water and steep any more of the botanicals before adding it into this? I wouldn't just because it'll provide off colors and cloudiness. Gotcha. Okay, so and that's why you would put it in the neutral spirit before and then distill it just to get rid of all of that. Gotcha. Okay. So I do a combination method here, which is basically like Bombay Sapphire does. So they'll take their botanicals and they put part of them into the uh, into the distiller and allow it to sit for twenty four to forty eight hours in the neutral spirit. Then they draw those out and then they put the column in, and they vapor infuse as well. So it gives you kind of a double zap of things that are going on. The way they do it, they combine the two. So they'll do one one way and one the other. Me, I just do it all in one at the same time. Yeah. So that's that. That's a pretty interesting process. Maybe one day we'll... we'll, uh, we'll, Get the still top for the Brusilla. Well, I'm not even just thinking that, but um, oh, J- Jason's taking his uh, his social networking pictures now of his alcohol. Um, <laughs> That's right. So, Facebook shots. So, so here, here's the thing: so we, we are going to be like, as it stands right now, we are going to be in Ontario in some some form for and, Lab Week. Yeah, for for Lab Week. Right now, we're going to have class. I'm going to assume. An hour a day, <laughs> like maybe three hours, right? Yeah, I'm kind of. I have no idea what they plan to do with that because we're going to have the forklift part of it. I expect to be working at heights, all that stuff. So who knows? Yeah, well, this is the thing: is that like, I I don't assume that 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 it's going to be any different than our standard class like, Work, workload. Yeah, like our standard workload should be the same. Um, which well, you know what though, with practical training, it might be there for four or six hours so that they can do. Here's all the stuff that you need to go through because I know I've done um, forklift training and whatnot here. It was, I think, a four-hour course doing that. Well, so, I thought we had to get our forklift workload. shit and all that stuff done before going there. Uh, forklift, you need a practical part. Oh, well, uh, and I'm not really sure what's going on anymore because, from what what I thought I understood was that we we had to have 
um, confined spaces and and forklift done before going down there, and then we had um, uh, we were we were given uh, working at heights while we were there. Uh, maybe uh, maybe I'll email. Well, we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, because I haven't done that other stuff yet. No, and I, I actually just found a place nearby us out here in Nova Scotia that um, that that provides that training, and I have to figure out how much it's going to cost. Maybe we share that with Michael too. Oh yes, I I've got mine, but yeah, I wonder if their lab week is the same as ours. It'll be interesting to know if they, if their lab week is is at the pump. I think so. I'm gonna go check yeah, their lab week is the same as ours. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, where are we in our timer, by the way? Oh, we're only halfway, or uh, 50, or 30 minutes in, sorry. Yeah. So, like, uh, like I said before, and uh, we, we did this today, is that um, Sean and I do, a, do the podcast in between brewing, because we tried to do an episode once, where we uh, like we rented a bunch of equipment where we had like laugh mics and we were trying to brew at the same time as podcast like a so much? It, it was a lot of stuff to do because we were like just trying to keep up on 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 doing what we were doing but we still had the downtime right so while it's boiling we're not doing anything right while it's mashing we're not doing anything so that's when the podcast comes in right and um makes sense yeah it, it's it, it'll be interesting for for when we go into the future because we're not going to be brewing while we do our podcasts with the those will be written and and like there will be there'll, there'll almost be a script so that sean has something to say for once right <laughs> like <laughs> No, <laughs> mind you, this empty chair that's here because he's off in the other room checking in on the uh, on, on the Brazilla. But um, Sean doesn't say much, he, and and so like I'm I'm going to end up having to write scripts for this guy so that he has something to say when he goes on on, on air. I'll chime in with you, but now and then. There you go. But I have a button for that. I don't need you. I have that. <laughs> You've been replaced by a robot. Um, but, I gotta go grab my charger, otherwise my laptop's gonna die. I'll be right back. Oh, that's always fun. But um, <laughs> as I was telling him, the uh, the idea behind the podcast studio, we're not going to be brewing while we're doing that. Not it's likely. It's going to be downtime. Yeah. So we'll come up with some time between the two of us. Um, like we'll say, like I, you know what. We don't have something in the you know in the kettle right now, so let's let's fucking do whatever we want, right? We'll end up doing an episode, but that means I'm gonna have to do some like pre pre episode writing, potentially, or guest people on the podcast. Or- yeah. Well, so some of the things that I that I'd like to do, like it was, uh, and I don't remember if you were sitting here during the during the conversation, um, was. That we we would have the uh, we would do some gadgets and whatnot. Oh yeah, right? different homebrew stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> stuff something, that, nothing, something that's new to the homebrew scene, something that's new to the brewing scene, or we'll do like a, a breakdown on, on either some software that's there, or um, you know wh- whatever it happens to be, right? And so we'd have to do a little bit of research and have a script for that because we're going to be recording it. Sure. 
Right. And whenever it comes to, to our podcast, we've always been under the rule that whatever is said is said. So if I'm wrong when I say something, I'm wrong forever. Right. I don't I don't get to, to, to edit this no, out. No editing, but you can correct if you find out that something you said was wasn't correct. Oh yeah. Right? Then like, go so, back and correct it, that's fine. Um like I, I I was a little upset when it came to that fucking calculation. I was like, I fucking did the calculation. Yeah, like, you're like, fuck that guy. Yeah, like, fuck that guy. And he's like, oh, no, no, that that guy was me. That fucktard was me. <laughs> like, oh, I messed that one up. Idiot. Right? Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> the one who fucked up the of the thing. So calculation. Yeah. Um, Alcohol. And, and that's the thing. So like, like we we get to be wrong. On the audio podcast, because the rule was whatever said is said. The, like we're we're not going to try to edit anything for the sake of of, of saving face. Hey, that's what keeps it real, right? Yeah, and and you know, like uh, the the best part about that is that we can be we, we stay genuine. Well, yeah, because then you're also looking at if you think of typical radio broadcasts, they don't just say cut and redo it. Live, you're doing it, man. That's it. If you're wrong, you're wrong. You're absolutely if you're wrong. You're, wrong you're fired. The, yeah, you're wrong for the world to see. <laughs> right? And and even though we don't publish this live, uh, which we could event, like we could do. Like I've looked into it, where we can we can go live, live with, stream everything with a live stream. We can do all of this. Um, it's not much more work than what we're currently doing. It just requires a, an actual camera for a video. But put, we, put it out on OnlyFans Live? Uh, OnlyFans could work, or we could do Twitch TV. Yeah. See, the thing with OnlyFans is that they don't censor the videos that are on their, their site. It, it's mainly oh, porn. You could, put a, you could put a black couch in the background. <laughs> that, that whole thing back there, the, 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 this thing, looks like a, a great spot for a black couch. Um, black couch brewing. Perfect. Wow. Black Couch Brewing. Currently holding interviews. Mm, currently, yes. Now hiring. Interview process. See? And it all comes back to stiff socks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, 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 wait. Now hiring at, at Black Couch Brewing. Interview process is long and hard. <laughs> Even your pints. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Black Couch Brewing it is. Mm-hmm. It is decided. Sold. Yeah. Um, so uh, where, where were we with uh, with names, though? Uh, we, we, we're back to not having a name. Why don't you just call yourselves No Name? No Name Brewing. Can we, we, can we have, like, a yellow background with white text? I don't think. No, there's just black text. Gammon Grove. Gammon. And I, I don't know if people. I don't. I don't know about about Gammon. I, they call it indecisions. 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 That sounds like a uh, like a, like an album from like the the eighties. <laughs> Maybe it is the Murphy yeah, Wood like, experience. Like, they, like a, a Fleetwood Mac release would be indecisions. <laughs> What is Hammond Grove? Hammond Grove? Yeah, Hammond, Hammond Grove Park. Yeah, know, but what, is, what is Yuba, Yuba County? County? Sounds weird. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it. It sounds weird. Um, Anyhow, so we have uh, what? what We we have half a keg of beer. It's going to be very interesting to see how how long this keg of beer sits because Sean is leaving tomorrow. (laughs) Unless you take it with you. No, that's just CO two in there, right? You can leave it. Well, it's fine. It, okay, it's it, this is charged. Yeah, if you, if you like, because we're not we're not actually charging the um, the beer with it, so just keep it around that like ten. Yeah, on the PSI level, and it should be fine. Cool. Um, but yeah, what is gammon? What does it mean? Uh, <clears throat> depends on where you look. I think the hind leg of pork after it's been cured is that how you want to be known no you want to you want to be known as pork 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 ass brewery porkies the worst name i've heard i think porkies is probably taken so okay somebody told me uh the what's happening right now on um on facebook video okay said if you do a search on Facebook video for a single letter, you can do it for any letter of the alphabet, um, the videos that are coming up are a little more mature than they should be for Facebook. So are you going to try this right now? No, I did it this morning. I went through the oh. entire alphabet. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I made a joke about it before testing it out, right? So there's, they're saying here, if you go to Facebook uh, video search, um, it all leads back to some sort of porn. Really? Um, and then so, and then my joke was, and to think I've been using Pornhub like a moron. And then I actually tried it. And it's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of horse sex on yeah. Facebook video right now. What? What? So just, I just typed, I typed a, yep. <laughs> to type X. You're gonna you're gonna get a, a result about a uh, dog and a sexy girl, but it looks like a, a jungle cat. So go click on videos. Where is that? That down videos. I don't see that. Uh, wow. Oh yeah, dog and sexy girl number ten. Yeah, that that that's the one that I found this morning, and that I was like, that's fucking weird because uh, it looks like the, the the animal's face is between her legs, and I'm like, I'm not clicking on that. I I don't care to look at whatever that is. Anyhow, why is this on Facebook? I don't, I don't know what's going on. But if you go, uh, if, I guess if you you click on one of the videos, uh, the safer ones. Look, there's more horse sex. Like it's just filled with fucking horse sex. It's fucking weird. Growth. Zuckerberg got going on these days. I know. It's just like what one horse mounting another horse, and there's like endless number of these videos that are out here right now. Yeah, but anyone remotely conservative should be wiped from Facebook. This is okay. Yeah, well let's let's leave let's leave animals mating, but like I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with animals mating, okay? Like we're we're grown-ups, we know that that happens. But if this is as easy to find by typing a single letter in the video search, that is a problem with the software. No, you got to go back to videos each time. Oh, I see. People. Yeah. However, yeah, every time it comes with something. Yeah, yeah. There, there is always something that's fucked up with Facebook. 
That is very true. Yeah. There is something always. It's time for the next generation. Like, I'm done with Facebook. Uh, I think it's uh, other than the fact that the business could could utilize it for people's benefit. Um, it, a Yelp page is just as good as a as a Facebook page. A Google result is just as good as a Facebook page. And actually, probably better because I think you know people are like, he was mean to me when I went there and demanded that they they give me all the stuff for free. Um, and then like, well, what did he say? He's like, he said, "Fuck you, Karen. Get the fuck out of my brewery." Like, yeah, that's obviously what's going to happen in real life, right? But now she doesn't have a place to go to afterwards and bitch about it. Okay. Fuck you, Karen. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Karen. Unless fuck you, Karen. Bye, Distillery. Unless your name's actually Karen and you're a good person, then we're sorry. Yes. I like Karens for the most part. Not Karens, but I like people named Karen. I actually know someone uh, whose mom's name is Karen, and she's a lovely woman. And I pity the, the fact that her name is, is Karen because it got soiled by. Karen's. You pity the fool? Pity the fool. Well, uh, looks like we're coming to the end of um, our our boil time, so we need to get in there. You've already added, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so we're going to the 15-minute mark. How long do we have? Okay, so we got two, two minutes to 15-minute minute oh, okay. mark, but uh, we should also put in the um, the other thing. But we've got yeast nutrients. Oh, the, the coil. Yes, the coil. All right. Immersion chiller. So I guess, I guess what we'll do is we'll probably uh, just clo- close it off for the day. we got yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, that's fine. Right? Yeah. So, sounds good? I'd like to thank my sponsors, uh, beer. <laughs> from, from your and other alcohol. Eating? I'd like to thank my sponsors. Uh, his name is Dave. Uh, he, he's <laughs> Dave's not here. <laughs> Barbecued smoky sausage. Ooh, that looks good. Type that into Facebook and see what comes up. This is why I'm here. Th- thanks for being on our show today, Jason. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Anytime. We'll yeah. see you in class tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, you will. And thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see you again in episode uh, whatever it happens to be. It's probably thirty one, something. One more than what today's was. Thirty six next time. Oh, it'll be uh, see somebody's paying attention. Uh, that sounds great. Hire that guy. <laughs> Keep him around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. Later.